Welcome to Bible Studies for Life Adults podcast. I'm Lynn Pryor and joined with Chris Johnson, my ever faithful co-host. Chris, you doing hey, good today? Yes, Lynn. Good to talk with you. Good to be with you and, and looking yeah. forward to this conversation today. Yes, because what's going to make this conversation fun, Chris, is who is joining us. And that is Darren Clark. Uh, Darren's been a guest of this podcast before. And Darren serves Lifeway as the graphic design consultant in our group's area. The best way to say that is he makes our books look pretty. Darren, <laughs> thanks for joining us. Man, it is awesome to be with you guys. You're awesome. It's always great to work with Darren, and uh, he is a great person to be in this conversation uh, because our study is all in, and Darren is an all-in kind of guy. He, he is. <laughs> he really is. He is deeply devoted uh, to Christ and his church, and it shows in every aspect of his life, and we, we just enjoy working with him. So we're going to continue our conversations about what it means to be all in in our, our relationship with Jesus and walking with him and developing a relationship with him. So, Darren, thanks for, for that testimony on your part. I also know that uh, you are all in as a sports fan. You are a Buffalo Bills fan. <laughs> Tell folks why that is. <laughs> well, I'm originally... Nobody thinks about that as a natural <laughs> kind of thing. <laughs> Not really, no. Um, well, it's, I'm originally from upstate New York, but the funny thing was when I was a kid growing up, I was a San Diego Chargers fan, a Steelers fan. You know, but it was when I got out of got out of high school, went to college and kind of got away from my hometown that I really, you know, even started appreciating it more and like where I came from. And so it was in college that I really kind of like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to follow the bills. And, you know, I just always loved football. We grew up playing football, the backyard and the snow and all this fun stuff. And, um, and so from that point on, that was the era when all the, you know, the bills were in the Super Bowl for four years in a row. Four years in a row. Yeah. And unfortunately lost, but, um, but so it's all started back then and so but to this day i'm still a pretty big fan i just love following them and i just love sports and just how they there's so much as especially football being a team sport how it, there's so many analogies to life and i i see so many connections between scripture and and, and like you know like sports like that that uh, this makes these great connections it's like oh i just love it so anyway wow, yeah. good for you darren hey, Bill, last week when i preached at the church where i'm an interim i made this confession i have uh-huh. never watched a college football game <laughs> never how can you do that in the south i don't know i just that's just me uh, i've watched i've gone to professional uh, you know nfl games but never college so and i think i think i lost half the res- the men uh, lost <laughs> half their respect doing yeah that. who is this guy anyway? why do we bring him in so, so a couple of years ago darren and i were talking about the bills and he was all excited because they they called a they hired a new coach rex ryan and everything's going to be better <laughs> Here we go. Two years, man. He's, <laughs> it's it's going to be bad again. And, and so Darren and I laugh about that. And I think they're in good shape now. We've had uh, lots you know, of ups and downs. But I think we're on a good funny. track now. It's <laughs> funny that we're talking about football and yeah, Darren being a fan. Because in this study by Matt Carter, it's about committed to his worship. He starts out talking about there's many reasons we love the fall, but one of them is football. And he makes the connection to how fans, you know, how they love the sport. Uh, and it's that sense that we have adulation and praise for the players, for, for our team and all that. And he makes that as a segue to talk about yet there's no one who deserves more adulation and praise, more worship 
than God. <laughs> he uses football as that segue to talk about in our commitment, we need to be committed to worship God. So that's, that's the whole point of this. It's a good, good analogy. And it's a, it, it, I think it's, uh, should uh, be something that maybe convict some of us to realize I'm more all into my team or my hobby or something else than I am to worshiping God. Sure. Now, this is a Bible study that for, I would probably most of our groups, we're going to be doing this the Sunday before Thanksgiving. But worrying, what you're going to see as we get into Psalm 99, we're not so much talking about Thanksgiving as we're talking about praise. You know, the, just to, to, to simplify the difference, thank, we thank God for what he does. We praise God for who he is. And I do think our thanksgiving does flow out of our praise for him. But I just want to clarify, let's kind of keep that focus on we're committed to our worship and we're going to focus on praising him. So let's just start here. Psalm, we're going to be in Psalm 99 to see that we're to praise God. Begin with, we praise him for his holiness and his great power. Let me read the first three verses. I love this psalm. The Lord reigns. Let the people tremble. He is enthroned above between the cherubim and let the earth quake. The Lord is great in Zion. He is exalted above all the peoples. Let them praise your great and awe-inspiring name. He is holy. Yeah. And you know what I love about scripture like this when you read it is like the, the words that, that are used there to describe certain things. And, you know, obviously the Lord reigns exclamation mark, but yeah, there's so there's so much emphasis there, but even like the, like the ebb and flow of this, of this verse, when it's like, let the people tremble. I mean, like, cause like what I'm, what I was, you know, have been so like, um, drawn to over the last year or so is this the balance of God like the like there is the judgment in that aspect of him but then there's the mercy and there's so both of these kind of these um, kind of almost opposite kind of things but he's like they're so he's so strong in these in these areas that when you have when you have this complete picture of God like there is a trembling because it's like we are I mean we are nothing compared to his his majesty and his holiness and his power. And it's like, and I think when you see in scripture, when people have just fall into their faces in fear, when they've had this, you know, these visual kind of very close experiences with God and um, like Moses and on the, on the mountain and um, all that kind of stuff. It's like, it's like we get this, you know, overwhelming sense of like, wow, he is amazing and powerful um, to the point you would tremble. And then, but then, it, you know, it comes back in with this, the glory and the majesty. And it's like this, this beauty of how those things, you know, intertwine with each other about, you know, in God's character is just, it's humbling. And that's where, you know, you get to that point where to me, when it, like where the, the verse verses end here on, you know, he is holy. Um, that, I mean, it's such a powerful picture of, um, you know, just who he is, but man, and it's like, we've got to be humble before we can even see that. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. We've got to be humble. And what I love, too, is how Paul, you know, he, uh, he, he reminds us that this all-powerful, all-holy God, in Romans 8, he talks about the fact he is for us. Mm. Yeah, we don't, we, uh, there is a fear and an awe before him. But in that, in that sense of, that's what helps draw me to even worship more is, in all your power, God, you are still for me. In spite of who I am, you are still for me. And that's humbling, right? It is. All things considered, you know, I mean, it's just, it just, that's what just creates that posture in your heart that hopefully that we should have that gives us that, that sense of awe. And then, you know, here we're talking about worship, right? Um, 
you know, it's funny you guys are talking about football because Chris said, you know, you know, when you, when you talk and you preach that, you know, there should be this conviction of, you know, what is, what is the, 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 the part of your heart that is drawn to God versus football. Like for example, and that literally was one of the things that I was convicted of one time when I, my pastor was saying, if you can get more excited about, you know, your, your team, you know, winning the Super Bowl or scoring touchdowns or whatever, doing well, then you can come to worship and, and praising God, then you, you got, you got an issue in your heart there. And it's like, and it's, it, it was one of those Sundays where it just, it really hit me <laughs> square in my heart. And I was like, okay, I hear you, Lord. And, and, it, but I think what it came back to is like, I lost this, sense of holiness, you know, God, or God's holiness. And, and it was just that kind of recalibrating period where it, it just, you know, I started seeing more and more God's awesomeness because I had got blinded by, you know, again, the things of this world, entertainment, sports, you know, that kind of stuff. I mean, we, it's so like when we talk, you know, in our previous podcast about our hearts being deceived and guarding your hearts, you know, you got it's so important to guard your heart because it's so easy for us to be pulled away. And then, then the holiness of God gets diluted because, you know, we are getting saturated with, you know, these other things. And so, yeah, it's the, the holiness is, I mean, I, I love when we get to talk about the holiness of God because it's just, you can't, you can't discover enough about that. And the beauty of his holiness is, of course, his holiness is he is separate from everything in creation. And he's certainly separate from sin, uh, from unrighteousness. He is separate from injustice. Mm. And you get into the next couple of verses and you see, uh, his justice, we see his fairness, we see his righteousness. Uh, verse four, Psalm 99, verse four, the mighty king loves justice. You have established fairness. You have administered justice and righteousness in Jacob. So then there's the call here, exalt the Lord our God, bow and worship at his footstool. He is holy. We've talked some about the holiness of God already, um, and he is uh, Holiness is that he is high and lifted up, that he's different, that he is separate, different from us. Um, one of the emphasis that we see here that, that Lynn mentioned, alluded to, is that God is a God of justice, fairness, and righteousness. And uh, especially in the culture that we're in, we've seen a lot of emphasis over the, over the past several months about uh, is, these issues of justice and fairness. And I just believe that it's really important that we articulate these truths to, in our, in, with our groups and, and, and make it clear that God is all about justice. He wants justice to be a reality. He, more than anything, wants justice to roll uh, like unending streams that, that pour forth into our, into our life and world, because that's who he is. As much as God is holy, he is a just God, and, and he wants justice to be a reality in our lives, in our world, and, and establishes that in this passage and other passage and passages in the Bible. This is yeah. valuable to talk about. Because just because of all the calls of injustice that's, that's happened this year. But, you know, I think one thing about that, too, is like it's, it's so easy to look outward and to talk about justice and see like here, here's an injustice over here and there. And, and you get fired up about all these things. And it's really easy, I think, you know, jump on these bandwagons of like social justice and all this kind of stuff. But, I mean, I think, you know, as we my wife and I and others have talked about a lot of the, these issues, um, you know, I, I'm trying to keep that proper perspective is like, 
the, the, tr- the real justice is in our own hearts. And if we got to, we got to keep perspective that, you know, until we realize that, you know, that we have injustice in our hearts being sin, as we've talked, you know, about the, the 10 commandments over this study, you know, those 10 commandments, you know, convict us of our own, um, the justice is going to come upon us. And I think when we all realize, and that's, this gets, gets back to like, you know, seeing God as holy, when we understand that we are under the justice of God because of our sins, you know, the things in our minds and our hearts and the things that we do. Um, and you fully realize that, you know, when you, especially when you look at the 10 commandments and apply them to your yourself and look at that mirror of the 10 commandments and realize, yeah, I'm guilty of all these things, but only by God's grace am I saved. You know, there's nothing I can do to, um, you know, to be, you know, to bribe the judge, if you will. And you talk about justice and, you know, him being the judge and whatnot. And again, that's when that you really fully appreciate, you know, the mercy of God. And again, you know, but he, like Chris was saying, like he is holy, he has to judge everything. You know, so it's like, so I, I've been really challenged lately not to look so much out, outwardly at all the injustice, but like really do a, an account of my heart and God revealing those areas of, of me that, that I need to, repent of. And, and that's the only way that we can all really make change when we talk about justice and all these different areas. It's like, it all comes, it has to be within all of our own hearts first. And that's the only time, you know, in through Jesus that any real justice can happen that, you know, God can work through us through our repentance and, and then, you know, trying to, you know, do God's work and then make us more powerful really when we're, when we're pure in, in that respect and then can be used by him in a mighty way. So you mentioned the attributes of God in, in the, in the opening about his whole, Holiness, and you've, we've talked now about his justice. Uh, one of the things that Matt Carter talked about that uh, really struck me um, in this session is that the God who is the God of justice um, comes to us um, as a man. Jesus comes to us, comes into our world, and suffers the greatest injustice of all time. The one who is perfect, the one who is with out sin is the one who is taken to a cross and dies on the cross for our sins. And he did nothing wrong. He experienced the greatest injustice ever. And I think that that may be a, um, maybe an ele- element of identification that would maybe be helpful for people who feel like they're disenfranchised or that uh, they haven't been given a fair shake, that Jesus of all people under understands what it's like to experience injustice. Absolutely. That's strong. Well, let's look at the next verses, uh, verses six through nine. And um, we're going to kind of see, we've been seeing who God is and his character. Now we are going to praise God for one thing he does. And that is he hears us and he answers our prayers. Let me just read verse six where Moses and Aaron were among his priests. Samuel also was among those calling on his name. They called to the Lord and he answered them. I love Man. this passage. Um, so good. Uh, I think that it's 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 a good reminder to us that that we we need to call on the Lord with the assurance that He hears our prayers and answers. Hey, can I share something? And this is what I love. This is what I love about God. Just this morning, I was reading in Hebrews, and I just love how He God syncs things up. Um, so here's a word for you in Hebrews five, um, verse verse um, uh, six and seven, it says this, and this is talking about Jesus and God heard his prayers because of 
his deep reverence for God. And, and he's, this is the part where in Hebrews when he's talking about, he was talking about Jesus being the, you know, the high priest and everything. And, and it was, it really stood out to me is that in the, even just like where it talks in the verse that you just read, Lynn, you know, God heard his prayers because of his reverence for God, his, and I live in the, some translations will say like his deep reverence for God. And it's like, that's how many times do we feel like, you know, God doesn't hear us, but like maybe in our own hearts that we're not really, we don't have a deep reverence. It's, it's not reverence in the sense of like, I think, cause I think the thing is like, we've gotten too casual about holiness. Right. Um, like in, I think maybe this is more in the Western church. I mean, I don't really know for sure, but it's my sense that we get too casual with God, you know, and we lose that sense of holiness. And so, but like in this case with, with Jesus, when he's praying, it's like he had this deep reverence. And so do we have that deep reverence? And I think when we do, it's like, and that's, and that's how it explains this is how God heard his prayers because of his deep reverence. And so when we get to that point, when we have that deep reverence and you talk about like the wholeheartedness of, you know, being devoted to God, um, you know, scripture over and over talks about, you know, being wholehearted, um, that deep reverence I think is, is so crucial. Um, but it comes from just having that real understanding that humility to understand that we are saved by grace, you know, and, um, you know, again, just going deeper though to it is, I don't know, the reverence, I think is a big deal that we have a growing reverence for God in these days. Um, and then, you know, that's when I think great things will happen. I think that I appreciate the fact that we used the examples in this passage of Moses um, and uh, Samuel, because both of these men had experienced in a unique way, the holiness and the greatness of God and had walked with God. And so when they come to a place of crisis, they both, there were both example, examples in both Moses and Samuel's life where they interceded on the behalf of the, of the people of Israel. They prayed that God would deliver the people, that God would not destroy his people because of their sins. And it's just so significant to hear that God hears their prayers. So first, first Samuel twelve twenty three says, uh, Samuel says this for me, uh, I vow that I will not sin against the Lord by ceasing to pray for you. <laughs> That's such an awesome prayer. And I, I don't know that we always think about that reality that if we're not praying, when we cease to pray for others that we might be uh, committing sin because we're not not praying for them as we should. So we are in the week of Thanksgiving. We mentioned this earlier. So we hope that you're having a, a good uh, season as you prepare for Thanksgiving. We pray that God will do some things to remind you of, of his greatness and of his power, that you will thank him for the good things that he's done in your life, but that also you will praise him, that your, your sense of Thanksgiving will lead you to, uh, to praising God and exalting him as as king. I uh, hope this is a good week for you to do that. Thank you for listening to uh, Bible Studies for Life podcast for adults. Uh, we today are thankful for you. We, we do this because of you, and we hope that this is beneficial for you. Um, we want to talk a little bit about a promotional video that will prepare your group for the next session that is coming up. Lynn's going to talk about that, and then we're going to talk a little bit more about uh, the what Darren brings to our team and other graphic designers bring to our teams to help us to um, 
have to be able to picture some things that will help us have conversations and discussions in our life groups. All right, yeah, so if you're a teacher, just hang on just for a moment. We're gonna be wrapping up the study on commitment uh, in another couple of weeks, but so what's gonna happen next? Well, we will be studying, uh, starting a study on emotions. Uh, we're gonna be in the book of Psalms for uh, six weeks, but looking at what does the Bible say about our different emotions? But one way you can get your group interested in doing this is we do provide a, a, just a 60 second video, a promotional video that's absolutely free. You have no, there's no restrictions restrictions on where you post it, where you share it. Uh, you'll just, if you go to biblestudiesforlife.com slash adult extra, you can go right there and you'll see the study when uh, it's called when emotions rise and you see a button for the promotional video, put that on your, your, if you have a Facebook a group page, uh, send it in emails, put it on your church's website, use this video to attract people to say, Hey, you're not in a Bible study group. Why don't you come join us for this as we talk about our emotions? So uh, anyway, that's a, it's a free video, biblestudiesforlife.com slash adult extra. Now, Darren, since you're with us, I want to talk about the value of the pictures we put in the books because they're more than just there to dress up the page. Uh, for example, this study that we've been in, committed to his worship for this week, uh, the book I'm using, uh, it starts with this question. What have you been swept up in a moment of excitement? And with that is the most is a, a picture that to me just generates discussion. It's a picture of folks on a roller coaster, a moment of excitement. Uh, Darren, from your perspective, what is the value of the pictures that you choose in our resources? Well, I mean, as far as the value goes, I just think it, you know, they can create an instant emotion. They can trigger a, an instant thought. And as you know, as we put together these studies, we want those, especially those initial questions to be like kind of like icebreakers just to kind of get the conversation started. And so a lot of times, you know, these <laughs> visuals and I love the one with the roller coaster. There's a, a grandmother and it looks like grandkids, <laughs> you know, in the roller coaster making these goofy faces. And, you know, so it can be, it can be really lighthearted and, and great way to, again, um, get conversation going, especially if you have people in your group that is, that are maybe new to the group or whatever. I mean, you try to like come up with visuals that can, you know, um, work for anybody. So like a new, new believer, uh, somebody who's been in, you know, walking, um, the faith walk for a long time. Um, there's something simple. And, um, and again, sometimes, you know, the, the visuals can kind of take you also maybe in a, in a, give you a different thought than you might have if you just read the question alone. So sometimes we do that a little bit intentionally to, you know, maybe go a little bit deeper uh, or in a different uh, direction than, you know, you might get at face value with just reading the question. And so we really try to create those to help, you know, create some good, interaction and, um, and conversation. And so, but sometimes they are a little uh, distressing, you know, sometimes we have some just nice pictures because they, they do go ahead, you know, well with the, uh, um, the contents that's there, whether it's like, even in this one session we're talking about, you know, where there's a beautiful picture of the, um, kind of like the, the stars in the sky at night. And it's just incredible. But again, sometimes those pictures are just powerful in the sense of how they communicate God's, you know, you know, masterpiece of creation. Or yeah, whatever. right. And the pictures you put there <clears throat> match the text right yeah. along as I'm reading. And there's this visual reminder about what I'm reading. Something we try not to do also is be very cise with the visuals. You don't want to just like say, okay, they're talking about a jar. So here's a picture of a jar. You know, it could <laughs> be anything. I mean, we want, we want this, this, 
a lot of times use the pictures as a way to kind of take it a step further to make you think deeper about what you're reading, whether it's in the, in the scripture or if it's in the, the study, the, the study text, you know, it can be something that can, you know, help you to go like, oh, maybe take, understand a deeper truth that you're trying to get to in, in the text. Great to have great to have this conversation with you guys. Darren, thank you for your work and for being a part of this conversation today. You're welcome. It's always a joy. Lynn, good to talk to you. Thank you, those of you who are listening to this podcast. Again, we do this for you. We're grateful for you, and we look forward to being with you again next week. <laughs>